It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Has the offensive line become the strength of the Panthers roster? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we're still in off-season mode here on the show. But starting on July 17th, we'll be back to your team every day. Our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. We're coming back on the 21st of July. I'll be back with the weekly Friday mailbag. Yes, it is Friday, but we're still doing our position evaluations here on the show. So starting on the 21st, we'll be back to the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. If you'd like to participate in that week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag and on today's show, we're going to finish up our evaluation of the Carolina Panthers offense. We talk about quarterbacks, talk about wide receivers, we talk about running backs, tight ends. Now we're going to talk about the O-line, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. I feel like it's gone from the greatest weakness, that other than quarterback on the roster, to now the greatest strength for the Carolina Panthers heading into 2023. And one of the bigger reasons why is because the Carolina Panthers have finally been able to find out who their franchise left tackle is, and that man is Iki Aquanu, the sixth overall pick in the 2022 draft out of NC State. But more importantly, a guy right here from the Charlotte area, Providence Day School alum, and he solidified the left tackle position, a position that we have all been begging to find a long-term answer for since Jordan Gross retired following the 2013 season. So the biggest story, but the biggest name is, how does Iki Aquanu build off of a fantastic rookie year? Last year, he played and started in all 17 games at left tackle. He played 100% of the offensive snaps. Every single snap taken, he took it last year offensively for the Carolina Panthers. 1,016 snaps played offensively for Iki Aquanu. He posted a 65.3 overall PFF grade, 67.5 pass blocking grade according to PFF as well, and only allowed six sacks on the season. Now, early on, we were a little concerned. I told y'all when Iki was drafted by Carolina, and we knew from day one, no matter what Fitterer said, what Matt Rule said, Iki Aquanu, he was going to start day one. You don't draft a guy the first player off of the board offensively. You don't draft him sixth overall. And then look at your options being Cam Irving and Brady Christensen, who ended up playing at left guard, but was an option. You don't look at those two options and tell yourself, yeah, that's that's what we're going to go with to start off the season when you have a guy who is a mountain of a man who meets everything that you're looking for in that position, has the talent, and let's just be real, was going to be ready. And if he wasn't necessarily ready, he was going to have to learn on the job because you cannot go out there and continue to put out mediocre players at left tackle who aren't going to be with you in the future. So Ike Aquanu, 
we knew going into the year was going to be the starting left tackle. Matt Rule tried to play coy about it, and once we got down to training camp, guess what? Who was starting at left tackle? Ike Aquanu, who started week one at left tackle, and well... You know, welcome to the NFL. Miles Garrett got two sacks on him on back-to-back plays. And honestly, were you really that surprised? Miles Garrett's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Probably the best edge rusher in the NFL. Iggy Aquano was playing in his first game in the NFL. They don't have too many of those guys in the ACC. Now, Clemson's had a couple of them. There's been some pretty good players coming out of the ACC at edge rusher, but none as good as Miles Garrett was at AM and has been so far in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. I was not concerned or surprised at all. Now, the next week, he gives up another sack there against the New York Giants, but after that, nails. The dude was awesome. Ten straight weeks, Iki Aquano went without giving up a sack. When it seemed like there was a revolving door, it was always an issue there. At left tackle, Iki Aquano stabilized the position. He held up and kept the quarterback, whoever it was, whether it was Baker Mayfield, whether it was P.J. Walker, whether it was Sam Darnold, he kept them up for ten straight weeks. So, by God, no one can be upset about what Iki Aquano did last year, even if he gave up six sacks. So it's three in his first two games, and after that, three the rest of the way in the final 15 games of the season, and you will take that even if it was Trent Williams out there or any sort of, well, I guess not Trent Williams. You never want to see Trent Williams give up a single sack. You don't even think it's possible how good that man is. But still, you will take that, especially after what we've seen over the last couple of years. And just looking at Iki Okwana's performance, dating back to when Jordan Gross last played here in Carolina, look, these are the left tackles. These are the primary left tackles the Carolina Panthers put out there over the last couple of seasons. Let's go back to 2022. Cam Irving, or 2021 rather, Cam Irving had a 56.0 PFF grade, played 589 snaps in nine games, gave up three sacks. The problem for Cam Irving was, well, he wasn't very good when he was out there at left tackle, but also he only played in nine games. And this was a recurring theme for the Carolina Panthers over the last couple of seasons. 2020, Russell Okung, who is now really slimmed down. I used to call him the rent to tackle was a fine player for the Panthers, had a 73 PFF grade, only played 407 snaps in seven games, and allowed three sacks. So the problem of Okung was, okay, he's good, up in age, a little long tooth, and he was saying right before the season, I don't know, man, if I really want to deal with this COVID stuff, I might just retire. That's never a good sign. But when he was out there, he was a good player. The problem was the Panthers played 16 games. He only played seven. You needed someone to be healthy. 2019, you had two different guys who split the reps as the main left tackles on the team. Dennis Daly, as a rookie out of South Carolina, had a 57.7 PFF grade. I do recall there was a game in London against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he got a lot of help there at left tackle and had a fantastic PFF grade, the best among tackles that week. Well, if you ask any Tennessee Titans fan from last year when he had to step in for Taylor Lewan, Dennis Daly ain't that guy. And you don't have to ask a Titans fan because you're a Panthers fan and you also saw Dennis Daly play 57.7 PFF grade that year, 686 snaps played, nine starts, eight sacks allowed. Daryl Williams, bless his heart, a guy who was an all-pro at right tackle, suffers an injury, loses his spot to Taylor Moten, who's been fantastic, been a stalwart there at right tackle for the Carolina Panthers over the last couple of seasons. He gets forced into duty playing left tackle, and well, it was a problem. 56.1 PFF grade and 12 sacks allowed during 2019. Go back to 2018. Chris Clark, 61.7 PFF grade, 13 starts, 8 sacks allowed. And, well, one of those things where it's like, okay, what are you going to do? You got Chris Clark out there 
injuries. So we'll see how it works out. Didn't really work out. 2017, y'all remember going that year, the Carolina Panthers were in search of a left tackle and they gave Matt Khalil five years, $55 million. Well, he only played one season and that was in 2017, the last time the Panthers went to the playoffs. And by no surprise, when you talk about playoffs and the Panthers, well, the last time they went to the playoffs is the last time outside of last season they had a guy at left tackle who played in every single game. Matt Khalil, though, was not very good. 62.4 PFF grade in 16 games. Gave up six sacks. And then the year before, oh, my God, the man who single-handedly cost the Carolina Panthers a Super Bowl back in 2015, Mike Rimmers, posted a surprising, considering what we saw, 71.2 PFF grade in 16 games and gave up, of course, nine sacks that season. But before that, the Panthers might have been changing out their left tackle every year, but there was consistency. Like Michael Orr in 2015, when the Panthers, of course, went 15 and 1, went to the Super Bowl, started every game. Byron Bell, the year before that, when the Panthers trying to figure out how you're going to replace Jordan Gross, is it going to be Nate Chandler, is it going to be Byron Bell? Byron Bell wins the job, starts 15 games in 2014. Panthers, of course, a playoff team. Jordan Gross, his final year in 2013, when the Panthers were a playoff team, he played and started in all 16 games. If you go all the way back to Jordan Gross's rookie year in 2003, the Panthers' left tackles had 14 out of 15 seasons where they started at least 15 games. If you want to extend that to 2018 when Chris Clark started in 13 games, it was 15 out of 16 seasons where the Panthers' primary left tackle started at least 13 games. Then you look at 2019, 2020, and 21, the guys starting nine, seven, or nine games. Like, that's not enough. Having stability, having someone healthy, and of course, talented at that position helps a lot. Having continuity, which we're going to talk about here shortly, is so important on the offensive line. So it's not just great that Nicky came out and posted a respectable PFF grade in his rookie year and that he only gave up three sacks after giving up three in the first two games. It's the fact that he was out there. And just having a left tackle who was out there is something the Carolina Panthers have not been able to depend on over the last three, four seasons. But now with Iki Iquanu here, that is no longer a concern. So I'm so happy to have Iki Iquanu here. And the hope is he can get better in pass protection, cut down on those sacks, be even better in the run game, which we knew he's going to be a road grader going into the year, and that he can continue to show that he is the franchise left tackle here in Carolina. And who knows, maybe here in year two, he turns himself into a pro bowler. So there's the world is right there for his taking in the NFL, Freaky Aquano, and it feels so good as a Panthers fan and someone who talks about the team on a daily basis to finally have broken the wheel and have a left tackle who the, who you can depend on and who can help you. And yes, fine, you have the sack against Tampa. It happens. It's football. They get paid too. Icky was damn good year one. I can't wait to see what he does in year two. Now, continuity. That's what I talked about. You had it at left tackle from 03 to 17 and really 18, but you didn't have it in 19, 20, or 21. Now you have it again. The Carolina Panthers didn't have continuity on the offensive line over the last couple seasons, even if they didn't have the talent. Not having continuity hurts. They had it last year. Only two starting combinations, but going into this year, they're already down one of their best players last season, Austin Corbett. How do they handle his absence starting off the year? We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. But before we do that, we are in the middle of baseball season. The Atlanta Braves, I know I keep bringing them up, and hey, look, 
FanDuel. We don't have sports betting yet in North Carolina. It's going to happen soon. Very excited about it. But I got a riff. I got to talk about my team. The Braves keep winning. Who's going to stop them? Probably no one. Not you, certainly. But baseball swing is baseball season rather is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on all the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers that could be you get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. It's up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com so it's locked on to join today so you can bet on Ronald Acuna having 40 home runs and 70 steals in this season. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com so it's locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. During the 2021 season, the Carolina Panthers had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Last year, they had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Why is that? Well, one of the reasons we just talked about, Iki Iquanu played and started at all 17 games, and he's a better player than Cameron Irving. So having a reliable and healthy left tackle, that certainly helps. Also, Brady Christensen. There at left guard, played and started in every game last year for the Carolina Panthers. Certainly better than having Pat Elfline or Michael Jordan or John Brown. What was his name? John Miller. John Miller there. Already forgot. At left guard. Then at center. Okay, you had a little Matt Paradis. He gets hurt. It's great that you have Pat Elfline, who's flexible enough to go out there. It's the reason why the Carolina Panthers decided to sign him and Cam Irving, one of their first two moves in free agency. So that's good. But also, not that great. And when Elfline starts last year, he was playing well. Bradley Bozeman, better player. He comes in and really helps Panthers in the run game. Then that right guard, again, Daly, Miller, Jordan. No, thank you. Enter Austin Corbett fresh off of a Super Bowl. Then that right tackle, the mainstay, Taylor Moten. You had the same guys out there playing every snap in every single game. Where the year prior, the Panthers had 13 out of 17 games where they did a different starting combination at offensive line. In weather, Pat Elfline, Cam Irving, John Miller, Dennis Daly, any of those guys were good enough to be starting in the first place, really is immaterial when it comes to the fact that you don't build continuity. When you don't have continuity and you don't have talent, you have a disaster. When you have continuity and not, a, not great talent, you can at least manage it. But that year and in the year prior, the Panthers just did not be able to manage it because they didn't have guys who were healthy and they didn't have the talent. But last year when they had the talent and then they had the continuity, they had what was a complete turnaround with their offensive line. Now we enter in this season and I have a little small concern about the continuity. And it's only one player, luckily. And hopefully, it will only be one player the Carolina Panthers have to worry about heading into the season as far as injuries go. It's football. Things happen. But unfortunately, 
Week 18 in New Orleans, Carolina Panthers suffered not one but two injuries. Now, one of them, Brady Christensen breaking his ankle, not that significant considering he's already back, he'll be ready to go. No concern there, really, unless it becomes a concern, which right now it's not. But the main one was Austin Corbett, who was fantastic for the Panthers last year, tearing his ACL in January. When you tear your ACL in January, when you weigh that much, it's going to be very difficult, no matter how good of an athlete he may, he may be at offensive line to come back and be ready for training camp, the preseason, let alone week one. So he is already expected to go on the pup list, physically unable to perform list, once Carolina Panthers get down to training camp later next month down at Wofford in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And that's not surprising to anyone because we knew after he injured his, his knee that even the most optimistic person wasn't being realistic in this situation. Now, the hope, though, is that he will play. My concern, though, is will he be the same guy if he plays? And if will he even play at all? Just knowing how late of an injury it occurred and depending on where the Panthers are. But they decided to restructure his deal. So it looks like he's going to be here at least through the 2024 season. But that all remains to be seen in the meantime, it looks like Cade Mays is going to be the starting right guard for the Carolina Panthers. And that's not a bad thing at all. We saw Cade Mays play fullback last year in the Arby's package. And can we bring it back? Can we can we get, you know, a little of that, that? That's the one thing. The one thing from Ben McAdoo I want back here in Carolina is the Arby's package, which was so great to use both Cam Irving and Cade Mays in the running game and really get a lot of value out of those two guys as depth pieces for the Carolina Panthers last year. So we got to see Cade Mays back there in the backfield as a fullback. Now we'll get to see him at right guard. If you are familiar with high school recruiting, Cade Mays was a five-star recruit out of Tennessee, right outside the Knoxville area, started off at Georgia, then transferred to Tennessee. Really good player, gets drafted last year. What I think in the fifth or sixth round, solid player, has the body, has the athleticism when he first got here. Now Rule said the same thing about um, – Brady Christensen, oh, he could play tackle for us. He could play guard or center. They said the same thing about Cade Mays. Cade Mays is going to fit in there right at guard where he should naturally be in the NFL. Maybe one day he turns into a center. But right now, that's not a concern as Bradley Bozeman is here in Carolina. He's going to step in and be the right guard. And I think he can be a good player. The problem is we didn't see enough of Cade Mays last year to really bank on that being the case. 51 offensive snaps, which is 5% of the snaps. And most of those snaps were played, of course, week 18 in New Orleans. Austin Corbett played in 983 snaps last year offensively. That's 96.75% of the offensive snaps. He did not miss a single snap all season until tearing his ACL there in New Orleans in the first half. The only snaps he missed were in the second half after going down with injury when Cade Mays filled in. Corbett also posted a 69.1 PFF grade. That's only behind Taylor Moten, who posted a 69.3 PFF grade. So he was your second best offensive lineman all season here in Carolina. And he brought continuity because he was out there healthy and he was good. Moten was out there healthy. He was good. Brady, Bradley Bozeman, when he came in, and even Elfline when he was out there, was healthy and he was good. Christensen the lowest graded PFF uh, offensive lineman for the Panthers last year, was out there healthy, and he played well. And in Icky, we already talked about him. Continuity is so important. So when you lose the continuity of someone who's a veteran and who's played a ton of snaps for you, and then you bring in a second-year player who did not play very much last year, there potentially could be a drop-off, and I wouldn't be surprised if there were. Now, I'm not saying that Cade Mays, throughout his entirety as a starter, if he does indeed start at right guard, is not going to be good. He's not going to be a replacement level. I do think that with reps 
in really being out there throughout training camp and throughout the preseason as the starting right guard, he will, in time, be good enough. And the hope is, too, is that he can turn out to be maybe your future there at the right guard position or at one of the guard positions here on the roster. So I'm excited to see Cade Mays. I just look at just the depth of it all, and when you lose one guy, especially when you've seen it snowball a couple years ago where you lose a guy and you lose another guy, you start throwing out some guys you don't want to play. And it's good to have depth. The Carolina Panthers certainly have on the offensive line. I just have that one concern of, oh, man, you lose Corbett. Is he going to be the same guy? Is he going to come back? And how long is he going to be out? Are you going to be out without him for five weeks, ten weeks? Is it only going to be one week? Is it going to be the whole season? Not quite sure, but I am excited to see what Cade Mays can do for the Carolina Panthers, and I'm glad the Carolina Panthers drafted him and have him. And when you look at what you have here in your offensive line coach and James Campen, really there should be not much of a concern. But when we're looking at the biggest questions about the position, it's really how do they handle the absence of Austin Corbett heading into the season and for however, how long it is he's going to be absent, how do they handle it, and how does a guy like Cade Mays perform? I think he'll be fine. I think the Carolina Panthers, as long as the other guys stay healthy, they should be fine as well on that offensive line. And by the way, Justin McRae, veteran, followed camping all over the place. He can also play guard, even though I think he's kind of more here as a backup center right now for the Panthers. So that's the biggest question about the position group. Let's take a look at the rest of the position group heading into the season. As I told y'all, feels like they're the strength of the roster. Also, the depth, it's really hard. No matter what level of football you're at, Pop Warner, high school, college, the NFL to find depth on the offensive line. Well, the Carolina Panthers have it and And I'm damn glad they do. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, I don't really think there's any question that after looking what this unit was over the last couple of years, that it's gone from the biggest weakness to uh, the biggest strength on the roster. And you can debate whether quarterback was the biggest weakness or whether it was offensive line. They were both equally terrible, and they both didn't help each other out. We talked about the 2021 season with all the injuries on offensive line, also just the lack of really starter quality talent on the roster. And then looking at Sam Darnold, yes, he has a better offensive line like we saw last year. He can perform. But also, you saw last year, He's still Sam Darnold, turns into a pumpkin, not that very good of a quarterback. Wish him all the luck out there in San Francisco. But still, when you don't have a good offensive line, you don't have a good quarterback, well, you don't have a chance in hell to win at any level of football. And we saw that over the last couple seasons here in Carolina. When you have a good offensive line, you still have shoddy quarterback play. While you might have more of an opportunity to win, especially if you can run the football, you still need that quarterback. So it's great now the Carolina Panthers have a franchise left tackle in Aki Aquano, and now they have, hopefully, a franchise quarterback in Bryce Young, and I do think that will help them moving forward. But really what will help Bryce Young moving forward is having an offensive line he can step in, step behind and trust that those guys are going to keep him upright. And Icky, I, can, I believe, will do that. Brady Christensen, Bradley Bozeman, Kane Mays, Austin Corbett, whenever he comes up, comes back, rather, and Taylor Bowden. I believe that all five of those gentlemen, plus six or two, one of them, yeah, all six of those gentlemen just named, will be able to keep Bryce Young upright and give him an opportunity to have success. We talked about, oh, his size, his weight, and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, if he doesn't get touched, 
pretty hard to get injured. And it is football. And, you know, he's going to get tackled at some point in time. He will get sacked. And we will all hold our collective breaths. And it will be able to breathe when he gets up. And, you know, he tells the guys, hey, guys, can we not do that ever again? And they, you know, respond by keeping him upright and keeping him safe. So I'm excited to see what this offensive line can do this year as they – without a doubt to me, have become the strength of the Carolina Panthers roster. So Ike Aquano is back at left tackle, Brady Christensen back at left guard, and there could be a competition there with him and Chandler Zavala. It doesn't really feel like that's going to happen. Zavala was dealing with a pectoral issue uh, during OTA's mandatory minicamp. Hopefully that's not anything serious, especially, you know, hey, when you're, you're blocking, you're reaching out, that, that that's a muscle that you absolutely cannot uh, have compromised playing the offensive line position, particularly there at left guard. So hopefully that will be fine because the Panthers really need someone who was fantastic last year at NC State. And in the event that Christensen goes down, he can step in. He already has the continuity buzzword there built with Ike Aquano back when they played at NC State. Even though it wasn't that many games, they still spent plenty of time next to each other in practice. So you got Chandler Zavala there as backup, Bradley Bozen back at center. Just McCray can either play guard or center, probably more of a backup center at this point in time. Maybe slots in there at right guard. We'll see. Um, Austin Corbett will, whenever he comes back, will be there as a starter at right guard. Cade Mays probably starting up at right guard to start off the season. Then Taylor Moten at right tackle and Cameron Irving at right tackle as the backup, as your swing tackle. And I talk about it going the season. I mean, going into the offseason, like, hey, you got to find a swing tackle. And I had no problem bringing back Cameron Irving here in Carolina. The role the Panthers asked him to play in 21 was not a role that he nor the team was going to be successful with him playing. He's just not that caliber of player. Maybe early in his career he was, but we found out that after being a first-round pick at FSU, he just wasn't really a first-round tackle. But he's still in the league. And that's one of the things. You know, we talk about guys, oh, they're, he's a bust and all that kind of stuff. If he's still in the league, he's still getting money, he's still playing football, then I, it's really hard for me to sit here and say the guy's an out, outright bust. And I know someone's like, oh, what are you talking about? He's a bust. Okay, fine. Like, he didn't live up to be, like, an all-pro and all that kind of stuff. Whatever. But he's still playing football. He's still living his dream. He's still doing fine. And he's helping a football team. It's not like he's out there being a, a complete liability. Now, in this role, where we saw him utilize last year in the Arby's package, he can help the Panthers in short yardage situations. He can help them run the football. So, adding another an extra tackle and having Cam Irving, who's a veteran, is good. And if something were to happen to Icky or Taylor Moten – the Panthers would have been screwed. And especially when you think about how they not brought Cameron Irving and they just stuck with the tackles that they have on the roster, um, if, say it was Larnell Coleman instead. So say something happens to Icky or Taylor Moten. Then you would have been in a situation where it's like, okay, you only have one of your starting tackles. You maybe have to kick out Brad, uh, Brady Christensen. You're going to put in maybe McCray or a rookie in Zavala, and you're out here – Got a lot of replacement level players. You got your lotus graded offensive lineman at, at a tackle position. Uh, you maybe have a second year guy at a tackle position, or you have you know a veteran guy at a tackle position. Then you have possibly a veteran who's been all around who's a backup starting. You have a second year player who played in fifty something snaps last year starting. Like that would not have been a good situation for the Carolina Panthers had they not brought back Cam Irving. But now that they have him, they can afford you know a short term injury to one of their tackles. Now of course, knock on wood, don't want that to happen. Lucky rabbits, all that kind of stuff. Throw salt all over the shoulder. Like, I don't want that to happen at all. Got to kill the bad luck snail. I'm not hoping that. But I'm telling you, much better situation. And that's what depth is. You lose your starting right guard. You can have Cade May step in there. You can have Justin McRae potentially step in there. That is a good thing. You have depth, and you can trust it. If something happens to the tackles, you can throw Cameron Irving in there. And, you know, you may not really trust him long term. But you know he can at least play, play the position. And he's familiar with the scheme and with the O-line coach and all that they're going to want him to do. 
He have a guy in Zavala who played really well last year at NC State. If he had to step in and play, he's only playing a guard position. He can handle it. So they have depth on the offensive line, which is so important. And I think those nine guys will be the guys that you have on the roster this year. Now, they'll probably only start off with eight. And there's one question, too, about the offensive line position group is, would they be willing to keep a guy like Michael Jordan on the roster? Or does he get cut and maybe signed to the practice squad? They can use him as someone they elevate on Sundays until, well, they can only do it twice, but that's somebody, something they kind of consider. You know, Sam Tecklenburg's back here as, again as a, as a center who will be trying to battle for a job. Um, Deontay Brown, who we – we talk about how the Panthers made a terrible decision by drafting a long snapper in the sixth round. The, the bad decision was they drafted Deontay Brown, a guard, in the sixth round instead of taking Trey Smith, a guard, out of Tennessee. Now his medicals and the blood clot issue he had at Tennessee is the reason why he dropped that far, which I'm sure many people had no clue of. Uh, but still, if they if you want to be mad about anything, be mad about they took the wrong guard there in the sixth round, didn't make the roster last year, was a practice squad guy. His his weight was always me an issue, so the hope is maybe he he's got his nutrition under control, and that now another year with James Campen that will help him. Could he make the roster? It's a possibility, but it feels like that kind of, that ship has kind of sailed for him. They got some other guys like Nash Jensen, uh, J.D. DiRienzo, who was there in uh, Rutgers last year. Got Larnell Coleman back, Ricky Lee from uh, A and T, uh, B.J. Wilson. Those are all players that. I mean, especially some of the guys I mentioned, like Jensen, I, I think he's out in North Dakota State, uh, Dorenzo, Lee, and Wilson. Those are the guys who are going to have to keep Matt Corral upright late in those preseason games. So please, God, do a better job than the guys did last year and keep that guy healthy and give him a chance to develop. But we look at the offensive line group, like it's pretty much settled. Icky, Brady, Bradley, Corbin going to start off on Pup, probably won't start off the season. He'll be he'll be on Pup list, so we'll not have to worry about that. Moten, and then Irving, Mays, McCray, and Zavala likely filling out the rest of the roster spots to have eight, ta- eight offensive linemen heading into the 2023 season. A group that was a major liability has now become the clear strength of the Carolina Panthers roster heading into 2023. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays until we're out of offseason mode on July 17th. We'll be back to your team every day. Be sure, y'all, to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council, where you can at me or DM me once the weekly Friday mailbag comes back on July 21st. You can still just hit me up um, in my DMs if you want to, because, hey, I'm always open to answer any questions that you may have as long as I'm free. So go ahead and do that. But again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. And then on Monday... We're going to be talking about those hog mollies on the other side, the Panthers' defensive line evaluations. That's coming up on Monday here on Locked on Panthers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 